episode of Space Flicks, where we talk about a movie we've seen recently and decide whether it is good enough to beam out to uh, a lone lover astronaut in space. Yep. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about First Reformed, which is not the last movie we've seen, but one of the most recent movies we've seen, so yes. it should be fresh in our mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will set it up for you, although I don't actually know too much about Maybe you should do it, actually, because I forget the guy's name. Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader. So it was written and directed by Paul Schrader, who I know him as the writer of Taxi Driver. Yes, that is almost assuredly his most his he's biggest He's done some other stuff, though, right? Yeah, I think he's collaborated with Scorsese a few times. Um, I think notably on Bringing Out the Dead, if I recall. Okay. Um, Which I haven't seen. And then he has written and directed a number of films... Um, but has always been a little bit of a Hollywood sort of outsider. Um, he is sort of a patently uncool person, Mm -hmm. right? Um, he is, he is not sort of like a slick, uh, presenter of his material. He was a film critic before he became a film director. Um, and so definitely, uh, has a very sort of academic way of talking and thinking about, Mm-hmm. Film. So at any rate, Paul Strader um, typically makes a movie every few years uh, through what is, I think, considered by him at least to be sort of a painful round of fundraising. Um, right. He's because, a true artist. Yeah. And so um, First Reformed obviously represents, uh, you know, his latest effort uh, starring Ethan Hawke as yes. a uh, priest, a yeah. pastor. As a pastor in a um, historic church um, in upstate New York, but yeah, but but as far as expectations leading into the movie, um, so I didn't even know that any of that until the night we started watching the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the Paul Schrader connection. That is, I had just seen maybe a trailer. Sure, it looked very stark mm-hmm. and stoic. Uh, I don't think there was any music in the trailer, if I recall. Right. Um, it just looked like a lot of sort of dry dialogue scenes, but probably like emotionally intense. That was kind of the impression I got. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of strapping in for a very austere, possibly, you know, I sort of was expecting, oh, maybe this is about a, a, a pastor who questions his faith or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you gave me the Paul, Paul Schrader info background, you know, he wrote Taxi Driver. I was like, oh, okay, so it's probably going to be really bleak. <laughs> uh, but besides that, I didn't really have, I mean, I, I guess I was also excited though, because Taxi Driver is obviously a great movie. So, um, so yeah, I was kind of cautiously optimistic going in. What were your expectations heading in? Uh, I just expected to see Ethan Hawke like grappling with big, like in air quotes and difficult issues. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I didn't really know what the plot was right but i just know it's like this tort it's this tortured uh pastor and i don't know beyond that what what it yeah. will be let um, me ask you this do you did you before this movie and then we'll get to after this movie later but before this movie did you think of ethan hawk as like a very talented actor yes that's interesting i didn't so I mean, the, the, I was definitely, I didn't, don't get me wrong, I didn't think he was a bad actor, but I was kind of intrigued because this movie, that going in, I sort of, 
I sort of had the impression like, oh, this is going to be an, this is going to be like Ethan Hawke giving, you know, a career best performance from, from what the, the, you know, the marketing sort of made it look like. Yeah. And, and I was just kind of in, interested to see that. Cause I was like, I don't really even think of Ethan Hawke as anything special. Like I think of him as just kind of like he plays characters that, you know, where, where the script calls for like a sort of like generic, likable, right. Youngish to middle-aged guy, you yeah. know? Um, uh, so yeah, so, so interesting, but you did think you, of him as a very good actor. What, based on what I'm curious. Well, I sort of consider, I have two sort of prevailing thoughts about Ethan Hawke. The first is that he is a talented actor and I'm basing that on performances in films like the before sunrise trilogy mm-hmm. on movies like Gattaca on movies like, um, training day. Right. Yeah. I'm just all really, good movies. I guess the before trilogy I I've seen, but I'm just so hazy in my mind. So I, uh, but Gattaca and Training Day, I, I guess, would be examples that I would say, like, was he really anything special in those or were they just good movies that he happened to be in? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I suppose it's difficult to separate, you know, to parse, like, would this have been a good movie with a, would this have been a better movie with a better performer or a lesser movie with a lesser performer? And it's like, um, I just generally I certainly th- thought he was competent. I generally view him as sort of like inextricably linked mm. to those things. Okay. Um, and so, uh, I, and I, so that's like sort of track one that I have with Hawk is like, he's clearly a talented actor in my, mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. estimation. And then there's the other track, which is like, he also does a lot of movies. Right. Yeah. Um, and most of them are sort of like in the, sort of like they're like B movies or C movies, right? They're like, yeah, he's sort of, he sort of flirted with like the A list when he was younger, but he never was like a big movie star. Right. But he's just been a working actor for a long time. Yeah. And he's in, you know, sci-fi movies, horror movies, you know, like, C, you know, C plus thrillers. The Purge wasn't he in the first Purge movie? Uh, I couldn't. Have t- I don't. I think I he was know. only in the first one, but okay. I think he was in the first one. And so that whole class of Ethan Hawke performances, like uh-huh. I just haven't seen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I sort of associate him with that sort of like everybody's got a mortgage <laughs> type acting. I think he's actually said that, right? Oh, right. Oh, has he? Well, he's talked about. I'm basing this on. Guess it, actually, I don't remember what I'm basing this on, but I feel like I, I read in an interview or, or heard in an interview something about him commenting on his middle class lifestyle. Yeah, how he's basically, you know, he's basically middle class, and that's why he hasn't done like he hasn't done like uh, giant blockbuster movies that would have yeah. made him rich. Yeah, uh, because he cares because he's fine with the middle class lifestyle, and he would prefer to just do like movies that he thinks are right. You know, and so it seems like artistic value. Basically. He parachutes in does you know like two weeks shoot on like a low budget movie right to like to fulfill his artistic ambitions get a slightly higher paying role for like a studio horror flick or whatever right and just sort of ping pongs between those two things and i sort of consider him to be a slightly more discerning like nicholas cage right (laughs) like nicholas cage will literally do anything right seems that way sometimes and uh, or even like a Benedict Cumberbatch, right? It feels like Cumberbatch will do anything, right? Really? I feel that way about it. I feel like he's in so many things, okay, right? Like. And it's just sort of like Cumberbatch is like the upscale version, like Cage is like the downscale version, and I feel like Hawk is like right in the middle, right? All right. We can go with that. Uh, yeah, I don't really have any, any 
push back on Cumberbatch. Um, <laughs> we should move right along to... Okay, so we've touched on our expectations. We'll get to our actual opinions of the movie uh, after we sort of give our spoiler warning. But before we get into that, what yep. were the themes of this movie? We touched on... Well, we, we touched on our expectations of what the themes would be, like namely like grappling with your faith and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. I was... I was surprised at what a big theme in the movie actually was, which I had no idea it was going to be from the marketing, uh-huh. but like environmentalism. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, like the basic, the, the basic arc of the movie is a, is a pastor who uh, is sort of wrestling with his faith and juxtaposed with the damage that humanity has done to the earth. Right. And sort of, this, this question keeps getting raised of, will God forgive us for what we've done? Yep. So that was a big theme, I would say. I don't actually think that's what the movie's about. No. I think that's just like a structure for that the movie is, to sit on top of. That is just the obsession that he That develops. he happens to have. Yeah. But it's more like he needed a thing to be wrestling with through the movie, and so that was the thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that is a theme sort of on the surface level. Yeah. I don't think it's the deeper theme. So what do you think? Do you agree with me? It sounds like you do. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't consider environment. I mean, environmentalism, there's certainly a lot of screen time dedicated to the concept of like the damage that humanity is doing to the earth. But I do not think that is what the movie is about. No. Right. No, certainly not. Um, I would say the, the movie, I mean, it's a man, it feels to me like a man searching for purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and he finds it in this cause um, because his life is basically devoid of purpose um, in the aftermath of some sort of pretty harrowing life events. Yeah. Yeah. So he's searching Spoiler for purpose. Um, also, I mean, I guess related to that, it's sort of, I don't feel bad saying this because it's pretty much the beginning of the movie. Um, he's, he's starting to keep a journal Mm-hmm. And and very early in the movie, he expresses that part of the reason he's keeping a journal is because he really can't bring himself to pray. Mm-hmm. So the journal is his form of prayer. Yep. And so there's definitely, again, possibly related to you know some things he's been through. He's emotionally sort of shut down. Yeah. And it seems that almost that he's like drifted a little bit into like a religious form of nihilism where mm-hmm. he, uh, yeah, he, it's, it sort of seems like he can, he can barely bring himself to feel anything, uh, for himself. And a lot of the movie he's like reacting to, to, he, he finds himself sort of most, uh, most alive when he's engaging with someone else's feelings. Yeah. Right. But he himself is kind of dead inside. Yeah, his own life. I mean, so just to sort of get into the spoilers, like the cause of that sort of um, internal sort of deadening is that he basically had an adult age son who fought in a war, um, which is a a real war. Like it's a reference to the Iraq war, the the second one. Right. Um, And that son uh, dies in combat and uh, the priest marriage doesn't survive, right? Um, and uh, he ba- that basically sort of cripples him, uh, and 
prevents him from being able to sort of connect with commune with God in the way that he had grown accustomed to doing, um, and ruined his marriage and basically sort of sabotages, um, any ounce of sort of self care that he is inclined, right. th- that he would otherwise exhibit, yeah, which also, which also includes like, he can't forge meaningful relationships with other people. Right. Right. Like he's just totally denying any sort of joy in his life. It seems to me. Well, it's very, that's very interesting because I would argue he definitely does form a meaningful relationship in the movie, but not with someone who's actively trying to foster one with him. I mean, I guess we're already into spoilers, so I can yeah. sort of be more clear. The wife, he, I think he definitely forms a meaningful relationship with. Amanda Seyfried's character. Yeah, yeah. sort of the second biggest character in the movie. Yeah. Where meanwhile, there's a woman, I don't remember her name, mm-hmm. but you know, clearly someone he had. The choir instructor yeah, the at choir the mega church down the street. A woman that he's had some kind of, you know, probably fleeting relationship with presumably before the movie takes place, who's in the movie trying to make herself closer to him and he's actively pushing her away. Yes. Uh, which is interesting. So it's not like across the board he's closed off to any form of relationship. He definitely uh, he definitely like develops feelings for Amanda Seafried's character mm-hmm. um, and allows himself to feel close to her. So, yeah, what 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 about because I, I I sort of stand by my premise and I think that the like what is noteworthy about his journey in the movie is exactly what you're calling out. So meaning I think basically in every way, whether that's his physical health or his spiritual health, right, or his relational health with other people, it he has a pretty consist. There's a pretty consistent um, approach that he takes, which is to sort of like, um, repel and sort of deny himself any kind of joy. Mm -hmm. Right. And the noteworthy exception of course is with, um, Mary, right. The character Mary played by Amanda Seyfried and her husband with whom he is willing to commune, right. He's willing to counsel them. Right. Um, and, his attention initially is focused on her husband. Right. Uh, and then, uh, spoiler alert earmuffs. Um, you know, once that husband dies, he like focuses his attention entirely on her and sort of making sure that she is okay. Right. Making sure that she is yeah. surviving. And she seems to deal with it actually in, in many ways, like a lot better than he does. Right. She better, just, better than Ethan Hawke's character? Yeah, the death of her husband, I feel like she tolerates better than Ethan Hawke does. Uh, maybe. Yeah. He falls into a obsessive mania, right? She, matter-of-factly, states that her husband didn't want to live, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she turns her focus to just the business of living, right? Like, what is she going to do? Where is she going to live? Where's her baby? Like, she's pregnant, and so where are she and the baby going to live? Right. And meanwhile, Ethan Hawke falls down an internet rabbit hole. Right. Um, yeah. Well, he, he takes the guy's laptop and sort of starts finding the, the following the breadcrumbs that, that he left there. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think the difference is, 
I think it's pretty clear to me anyway, uh, me meaning I could be wrong, but um, Mary is asking him for help. Yeah. She, their relationship is about her needing him. Yeah. Uh, specifically to, to help her. And the other woman, whose name I guess we both forget. Eludes us, yes. Um, she keeps wanting to help him, mm-hmm. right? She, and at one point in the movie he says, you know, I despise you, mm-hmm. you remind me. He says something to the effect of like, you make me think of all my inadequacies or something like that. Yep. And so I think, I think the, the reason his tr- tr- treatment of those two women, his reaction to them is so different is that Mary is looking to him for help. She's looking to him as a source of strength. And that makes him sort of feel strong. Yeah. It makes him feel like he has something to offer. And the other woman's trying to nurture take him, basically. Him, she, yeah. yeah. She keeps saying, you're not taking care of yourself. You need someone to take care of you or something to that effect. And so she, she is making him feel weak, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's the difference. I think it's that one needs his help. The other's trying to help him. Right. And he does not want anyone to help him. Yes. He... He is clearly very um, interested in helping someone else. Yeah. And I think that gets back to sort of the original point that we were dancing around at the beginning, which is like it gives him purpose, Mm -hmm. right, to help and aid someone who is sort of at least stereotypically fits the picture of what we would deem to be sort of a vulnerable person who requires a lot of assistance, right? A single pregnant, pregnant woman, woman whose husband is dead, right? Like yeah. that sort of ticks pregnant all widow. ticks a ton of the boxes that we're sort of stereotypically looking to tick there, yeah. um, and so that to me, we haven't quite said it concisely, but I think that to me feels like the theme of the movie about a man sort of finding purpose by being needed and being helpful, right? Um, and that, in some ways, like running counter to um a growing sense of dread about the future of the world and yeah um these two ideas uh frankly cul- you know culminating in an irreconcilable set of choices that he feels the need to make right there's like both this sense of i can find purpose and joy in helping in helping others or at least helping one other person right well at the same time feeling like this world is doomed and uh to relax and rest while people will destroy this world right is you know to run counter to god's will right and so how do i how do i act in a way that achieves both of the, that solves both of these things that meets both of these needs that I have. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I think, I definitely think him finding purpose is very much half of the story. And the other half is, is falling into despair. There's a line in the movie where he says something like, you know, holding hope and despair in your mind at the same time. That's, that's, human that's to be human or to yeah. be alive or something to that effect yeah um i yeah i think to me to sort of come to a place where i feel like we've really captured it it is it is just basically 
a movie, a film version of that thesis, mm-hmm. that hope and despair or whatever two, ter- two words you used, I think it's basically those two words. Yeah. Um, are sort of, you, you, you sort of don't exist unless you feel both. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so, okay. That feels like we're sort of, we're sort of both happy with having touched on the themes for the most part. Yeah. Um, we're probably not going to have time to go through all of our usual segments, but we could at least probably wrap up by talking about the best part of the movie. Rapid fire. Yes. Um, let's do best part of the movie and then, and then we'll say beam it up or not. Okay. Uh, so did you have a, does a, does a part stand out to you as the best part For of the me, movie? It's gotta be the magical mystery tour. Really? Really? That was my, that was the part where like my, I just stop, I gasp. Right. <clears throat> like, mm-hmm. so just, for the the sequence, there's a sequence in the film where um, Ethan Hawke's character and Amanda Seyfried's character, in order to sort of um, like offer her some kind of therapy or re- or relaxation technique, they they lie one on top of the other on the floor, and in a movie that doesn't move the camera or have any music, right? Mm-hmm. It does both of these things. Well, or have any sort of like visual effects right. or it, anything. Suddenly, it does both it of those becomes things while surreal. the two levitate. Yeah, they levitate off the ground and then the room around them disappears and it becomes just space. Landscapes. Yeah. It starts off beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful like mountain ranges and forests and lakes. And then it gradually becomes very dark and grim. Um, not not grim, but like polluted, dirty, polluted. Yeah, yeah um, imagery like trash dumps and I don't remember Oil what spills. else. Yeah, yeah that kind bunch of bunch of gross stuff. Um, yeah, I don't think that was the. I don't think that was my favorite part. I mean, I I definitely that was a highlight for sure. I think the ending for me is probably the best part. Oh, uh, that's un- the ending's pretty unforgettable. Yeah, yeah. Um, the ending. Which I, I I'm it's sad we're gonna run out of time here, but um, like it's so it's so surprising to me that he's sort of clearly sympathizing with the deceased environmentalist uh, yeah. activist guy um, who had we didn't even touch on, but he had an explosive vest that he yeah. was gonna go blow up, you know, the church or he I don't I don't know he's that we know go, what he was gonna blow up. He's probably gonna blow up like um, a oil refinery or something. Yeah, like yeah, or maybe a yeah, an like the some facility from from one of these companies that's that are polluting the earth. Yeah. Um, but Ethan Hawke makes this decision to go blow up the church. Yeah. Um, during a ceremony like a it's reconsecration. Yeah, reconsecration ceremony that a lot of high profile people are going to be at, and sort of just seeing on you know seeing things unfold where it becomes clear that he's planning on doing that is a little bit shocking because um, you're sort of like, oh, I did not know he had gone this far and he was mm-hmm. capable of this, but, but it also makes some sense because, because he's clearly a troubled person. And, yeah. um, but just the ending, the way that, uh, you know, he tries to spare her from that, but then she shows up anyway. Yeah. And then he has to come face to face with that hope versus despair where she clearly represents hope. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like the one beautiful thing in his life. Yeah. And, and his his vest that he's wearing and preparing to go into the church to kill everybody with represents his level of despair. And then, yeah. 
And then, you know, there's this ambiguous ending where she shows up and he's like on the verge of possibly killing himself. Right. Um, but then she shows up. And so maybe he did kill himself. And this is just some final hallucination. Right. Or maybe he stopped and he saw her. Right. But either way, it's 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 sort of by the ending, it's totally jumped off the uh it's jumped into new territory. Like it doesn't feel like realism anymore. It feels no. like some sort of heightened reality. Even if it is, even if he's still alive, yeah. it's clearly not just like a hundred percent accurate depiction of what's happening right. at that point. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, I, I think I really liked the ending for the same reasons you liked the magical mystery tour scene maybe, mm-hmm. but it felt, it felt like a, you know, obviously a bigger, moment to me yeah um but i'll be honest i don't think i fully understand the magic mystery tour scene um it's very interesting right but i think the ending i understand better too so maybe that's why yeah to me um i almost view them as sort of like inverse of each other sort of tonally where the magical mystery tour is like the elation of hope yeah right sort of like tempered by a sort of despair at the end, right? And I feel like the ending of the film is sort of the inverse. It's just sort of yeah. like this articulation of despair, right? With a little hope. At Tempered the end. by some, maybe some hope at the end. <laughs> maybe, um, whatever you want to call that. Right. And um, I do agree with you. I think the movie sort of moves out of the realm of sort of depiction of sort of imagined events into like just full metaphor right like yeah it just it, it's the film is unconcerned at the end with precisely what happens in the world of the film it's interested in like communicating an idea to you which i think it does very successfully yeah all right agreed so okay final question do we beam this up or not how many how many movies do we get to beam up one no more than one i don't know that we've decided that but uh Let's just say it's a bunch. Let's say it's five to ten. Yeah, you got to beam this movie up, bro. All right. Yeah, I think um, we haven't made our top ten list of the year or anything like that yet, but um, we both, I think, liked this movie a lot. I mean, definitely one of the most unique and interesting movies that I saw this year. Um, Definitely has something to say. Definitely well-made. Performances are good. I think it's just, yeah, yeah it's uh, I mean, as much as when it ended, I feel like we sort of looked at each other and I don't know if either of us said these words exactly, but I was just like, okay, so it was basically Taxi Driver. Right, right. Um, does feel a little bit like it was like a remix of Taxi Driver. Yes. But, but I think it certainly brought its own, brought plenty of its own sort of. Yeah. Even, even though it does share some of the same like sort of arc as taxi driver does, I do think it brings enough of its own ideas. Yeah. Um, and frankly, just its own style to the proceedings that make it worth. I mean, this was not a Scorsese movie. No, no. Um, okay. So we're beaming it up. Yep. Into Um, space. Yep. All right. Well, we did it. First reformed. First reformed in space. First reformed in space.